How are you? I'm successful. You are? Mm-hmm. You're everywhere. How do I get to be everywhere? I guess just have really good energy and um, tell people how you really feel about things. Okay. Well, I think, I think I'm ticking those boxes. I mean, I think so too. I think? <laughs> I think so too. Welcome to Literally with me, Rob Lowe. My guest today is one of my newfound favorite people in the planet. One of the fun things about doing the podcast is sometimes you meet somebody new and you just fall in love. And I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm in love with Tiffany Haddish. The last time we talked, I learned something that I didn't realize. Yes. Uh, Me too, by the way. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, All I'm glad I thought you was Hispanic because they had drug your ass on TV and stuff because you was drinking and whatnot. So I figured they don't mm. do that to white guys. So you must be Hispanic. Right. So you done made somebody mad. I don't know who you pissed off, but you pissed somebody off. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we had that conversation. I was like, oh, dang. You what? Well, see, here's I'm glad you brought this up. because I want to <laughs> di- I want to di- I want to do a deeper dive into this. Right. So, because my so when uh, my big fear was that you thought it was John Stamos, like that was keeping me up at night. And yeah. by the way, who is also not Hispanic, he's he's <laughs> apparently Greek. I know that from the Greek yogurt commercials. I did so, not think you were John Stamos. All right, so then I started I thinking you was a she... blue-eyed Mexican. That's what I thought you was, bro. Dude, there's a lot of them from Mexico City. I've done bar mitzvahs for them. Can I tell you, you have just given me a title. I wasn't going to write a third book, but you've given me a title that I, I, Blue-Eyed Mexican is definitely going to be the title of my, I'm, I'm writing a third book now. That's what I thought. So you, it wasn't based on somebody else you thought I was? Like Freddie no. Prince Jr. or somebody? Hell no. I know you Rob Lowe. I know who Rob Lowe is. See, I didn't. I remember I, I, not, you, them talking no, about no, you drinking no. and all this no. stuff and partying. You're it, making what, this up now. Were you? You're, were, I'm not making this up. Did I? Not, I, I brought this. Review the tape. You have Googled me since we spoke. That's First all of that's all, happened. No, no, I have not. No, I have not. Mm. But you used to run with Robert Downey Jr., right? Uh, we were in uh, in in uh, high school together, and then right. we did run up and down the right. Sunset Strip. Right, and I thought. I thought he was Mexican as well. Wait, this is unbelievable. Venice High School? No, Santa Monica High School, but you're right. Anybody, the same. No, no, you're right. It's you know what? You are right. That is true. (laughs) And y'all used to get fucked up. Yes. Okay. But wait a second. Are you insinuating in our sensitive cultural times? That only blue-eyed Mexicans get fucked up? Is it? No, that is not what I'm insinuating. I'm insinuating okay. that the media will expose any type of minority that is of popular of, of that is popular mm-hmm. that is doing some type sort of drugs or alcohol or whatever, and mm-hmm. are not capable or what they consider to be a risk for their income or their empire that they're building, mm-hmm. and they will drag your ass. Mm-hmm. In order to get rid of you. Well, then how am I the only idiot white person that got dragged? What? What? what, what? I don't know. I think you fucked somebody's bitch. I don't know. You mm. fucked the wrong one, bro. Because they likely. dragged you for a minute, but then you got the comeback. You got a comeback. See, Todd yes. Bridges didn't get a comeback. No, he did not. Todd Bridges. I love that. That that was the reference you went for just now. By the way, I like it. It's, it's <laughs> obscure and genius. And I, but and, I ran with Todd Bridges too. I know. That's why I'm saying it. Y'all yeah. was in a whole clique. Todd Bridges told me. No, off he did Slauson. not. Yes, off of Slauson. We was on Slauson. I think it was Broadway. We was kicking and smoking some weed. He told me about all this shit. <laughs> I never <laughs> made it to the Slauson, the Slauson flop house with Todd Bridges. It wasn't but I would have liked to. It wasn't a flop house. We was like sitting outside this like business, a little like taco truck situation. And we was just talking shit and smoking weed. Like there's a group of us. And I had to be like 25, 26 years old. And he was talking about all the people that he ran with 
whose whose careers got basically smashed because of all the the shit y'all was doing, and mm. then all, all of y'all was able to make a comeback, but he couldn't make no comeback, and he he was trying to figure out how to make a comeback, but because he black, that's why he couldn't make that comeback. That's what he was saying. Interesting. See, he said, but this, but this is what he kept saying. This is why I think that's why this is part of why I think he was like. He kept saying, Mexican, Rob Lowe, that Mexican, he no, got a total he said, free pass. No, that he damn. said, he said, but see, Mexicans and minorities that look white get to get past. They get passes because they can pass. Mm. So when when I talked to you before, you was like, as a white man, I'm like, you white? Because yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean. When I thought, like, Robert Downey Jr. is, like, white and something else, right? But it's still, like, pretty much white. But I thought he was... Well, the minute you put the minute you put Junior on your name, you're likely not white, to be his, I yeah, think. Yeah, you're likely to be Hispanic or something. Like, you're trying to create some... Your family trying to create some kind of legacy or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that's why I assumed... And that's, and that's my bad. And I want to apologize. Oh, there's no need. To, Please. For trying to now, take your white now. power away from you and put you in another kind of box. I want to apologize. For Thank that. you. Thank you. I okay. mean, I am the, look, I'm the whitest whitey whiterson that, like, I'm from Ohio and, you know, my dad was, my but grandpa was in the Rotary. Because I, mean, I was just in Dayton, Ohio, and that shit. That's where I'm from. That's where I'm the from. You're not the whitey white. You're not the whiteest white white. I mean, the Funkadelics came from there, right? That's what funk music. Ohio came from. players, Ohio, Ohio players. Ohio players, excuse me, Ohio players. My bad. Yo, to- but, love roller coaster. Come on, let's but, go. Of love, but that's where funk music came from. Is Dayton, Ohio, yeah. right? That's right. Some of the 100. greatest bands of all time came from Dayton, yes. Ohio. The Wright Brothers, who invented travel on airplanes, came from Ohio. So, um, I know. Look I at know, you. I know shit. I'm about to buy the Midget Theater. Okay. I'm about to go ahead and just buy the Midget Theater in Ohio. Let's go. You want to go in on it with me? I do. I, I, so I made my my um, I made my theatrical bones in Dayton, Ohio. I'd See? love to go back to the Midget Theater. Right. Um, and Dayton Dayton was popping with you know that kind of energy, big time. And I mean, now when it's kind of dilapidated because you left. Yeah, me, me, and me and industry. <laughs> Everybody, just, everybody, everybody. You know who's still there? My dad is still there at eighty years old, practicing law. Uh, Chuck Lowe. If you need a divorce, he's your guy. Okay. He's okay. been through enough of them. He is an expert. <laughs> but <laughs> he, does he, he have, practices does he, what he preaches? Does he have any partners that work on land? Because I'm going to buy land there. Well, you know who has land there um, in Yellow Springs? Yeah, it's uh, Dave. Yeah, Dave's. I mean, and I, I used to go get my ice creams in Yellow Springs and, and go hiking at uh, the little Glen there. And I'm trying to get Dave on the show because I love him. He makes me, he's just the greatest. And I just want to do a deep dive with Ohio trivia with him. What's you're going with- to gonna have to go there. You know, he doesn't like doing Zooms and all this stuff. He's not yeah. with any of that. You're going to have to go to Yellow Springs and actually yep. interview him. Like, and I think the last show that they're having is next weekend. So that's when you're going to have to go. I would do it in a minute. I mean, Yellow Springs is gorgeous. What's Why is everybody going to Ohio again? Oh, I mean, I get it. I love Ohio. I, I, I totally understand it. But what, what? why is that in the ether, do you think? I think it's in the ether because of a few things. Um, it's kind of safe there, safer than mm-hmm. most places. Um, it's um, got a lot of history. There's very rich soil, so you can grow a lot of food there. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of things can be grown and distributed. Distributed, that's the word. Yes, Distribution. that's it. Yep. Um, and I feel like it's a very beautiful place. Um, I have never been there in the winter, so I don't know. I don't know about that wintertime life. Mm. I feel like from what I see, that is probably not that pleasant in the winter. But Mm-mm. I feel like the people are so creative and kind and open and like beautiful that it would be okay to be there in the winter because the people are pretty awesome. Um, I love Yellow Springs personally because Dave took me on a full-blown tour of it, showed me all his farmland, all the buildings he owns. He's basically, he basically owns that town. Um, It's amazing. It's a few buildings that he doesn't own there. I I feel like he's going to end up buying those too. And it's really like, you know, it's, hipster and like makes this a very liberal place now outside of yellow springs there are some very conservative i see trump signs everywhere 
I'm not hating on that because still the land is beautiful. Um, and the people aren't, they haven't been rude or mean to me. I've uh, been like, get your black ass out of here. And I'm like that. Like I'm walking down the street. They're like, hello. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> and it's all good. And you know, when I went to Dayton or some people know what to do. I'm like, oh, that one building that used to be the Chevrolet dealership. I want to get that one. But then one of my friends said that his friend owns it, but he doesn't know what to do with it. And I'm like, turn it to a roller skating ring. It'd be the dopest roller skating ring. It used to be a car dealership oh. where they brought the cars in. Like, they didn't even have cars outside. Everything was inside the building, even the auto parts. Yes. Like, what, yeah, because of the winters. The Believe me, yeah. you, you, you don't even, you don't sell a car in the winter outside no. in Ohio. No, no. But roller skating was such a thing when I moved to to California. It was a Wednesday night roller skating. Okay, you know, you know what LA is like. You know an, um, La Cienega Boulevard and Santa Monica Boulevard. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, that place I know was exactly. What, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was called Flippers. It yes. was called Flippers. And Wednesday nights was the night and you would see everybody. I remember it was always like Diane Cannon in her height. Like <laughs> she would like, I mean, busting out of her, sh- you know, like this is like, oh, uh, and share. Diane Cannon, Cher, who else would be there? And I'd be all 15 years old staggering around on my roller skates we should bring those you, you and i should bring that back well you know world on wheels um right on uh venice and is that venice and san Vicente? yeah um it's open back up but it's not open right now but the, it's beautiful they redid the whole thing and the floor like glows and there's a bar there which i'm like that's dumb as hell because i've been intoxicated on wheels before and it's, yeah, it's, it's just as bad as driving, if not worse. I mean, it's worse. It's worse. But like where you, you where you eat shit is where you go over backwards and try to put your hand down and you're just done. Man, I got drunk one time roller skating. OK, and I thought I was cute. I didn't get drunk. I had one drink and I was running over so many children and I had so many bruises on my ass and my legs, broke three fingernails. OK, and I was Mm-mm-mm. only out there for 15 minutes. So I would suggest that they don't have if if they're gonna let the bar continue to be open. Cause I went there and LL Cool J was there. It was like some hip hop night, like mm. and so LL Cool J, Grandmaster Play, like all these old school um rappers. No were way. There. Yeah, it was super cool. It was super oh. cool. And I had a press and curl, I was taking it back to the old school, you know, because I'm an old mm-hmm. fool who's so cool. And <laughs> and uh we was like DJ Quick was there, it was so cool. And there was drinks at this bar, but there was a full arcade. They had like a restaurant set up and then the lockers for your like shoes and stuff for your roller skates. And like, it was super cool. It was just, be- it's beautiful. That's good. What, 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 what other kind of weird stuff are you into? I would never have picked you as a roller skater. I would have picked you as a lot okay. of cool shit. Well, I'm a surfer. No, I'm a okay, roller let's skater. Talk I'm a surfer. surfer. I, I like to consider myself the black Gidget. How did you get into surfing? Um, men. Uh, Smart. I love men. And Smart. whatever men are doing, I'm trying to do it too. <laughs> I like that. As long as they do me in the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. You're like out in the lineup. I'm looking over. Let's go into the beach. No, honestly, honestly, I went to Kauai. And mm. um, we, me and my auntie went to Kauai. And we thought we were going to go pick up guys. But it turns out Kauai is like a honeymoon place. Um, and there was some cute guys at the bar and they're like, Hey, we're going surfing. You want to come surfing? I was like, yeah, I'm going to go surfing. And so the locals were like, showing me how to surf. I was like 21. And then, um, so I got the basics of it there. And then I came back to LA and I started working at this youth center. And at the youth center, um, we started a surfing program and I thought this would be a great way for me to get a husband. So we started a surfing program. (laughs) And we had volunteers. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. It's gone. Wait, I got to stop you right there. It's gone from hooking up to a husband. Yeah. That's a huge jump in what you're looking for. Yeah, because by the time that happened, I was 23. So I'm looking for a husband at that point. Right. Like, you know. Okay. So okay. so we started a surfing program. And um, and we got like HBO and um, I think it was Warner Brothers, a bunch of studios to be mentors that were into surfing. And like different surfer uh, you know, clicks and groups and stuff to to mentor. And we got surfboards and wetsuits and stuff for the kids. And so, and instructors. And yeah, so I met a few guys. So what's the, what's the. And I did something the, good for the kids. It, no, it's a great. And, and 
I, surfing, I, I, I grew up in Malibu when I moved from Dayton and I only learned how to surf in my forties because when I moved to Malibu, if you were a 12 year old kid, they wouldn't let you be out there learning. They'd beat the living shit out of you. Surfers in those days were really gnarly. Um, and so it took me years to learn how to surf, but I love, I love it. What's the biggest wave that you think you've surfed or are you just more like chill? Probably like I'm more chill. I mean, yeah. I've definitely been in a tube before. No way. Um, Where? Yeah, I've been in a tube before in in Hawaii when I went back. Um, but yeah. um, love. And, oh no, no, I'm like Huntington Beach. Yeah, <laughs> it was Huntington Beach. You can drink and surf too. You can drink and do anything. You no, know you can't. Come on. You cannot drink and roller skate, <laughs> but you can drink and surf. And yeah, in Huntington Beach, because we were like drinking and, and that's when I was dating that white guy. And that was super cool. I was going to say, because you're, you're not meeting any brothers out there surfing. No, yes, but I did, though. The, he was like number two in the world. His name was Carlos. Shit, I dated two black dudes named Carlos. I can't remember. But it's anyway, the surfer. He was from Minnesota and he was a surfer. Wait, you wait, wait, wait. You found a black guy. A black from guy Minnesota from Minnesota. Who's a surfer. Who's a surfer? Because his mom married a white lawyer who would take them on trips all around the world. And so mm -hmm. he learned how to surf and he became like number two in the country. Oh, man, wow. he was so handsome and he has too much dick, too much dick, too much. Did it? it yeah, it, you can't. I don't even know. I love it too much. Just too, too much. much. Too much. And it was quite it was too much. And he was a hoe. I'm like, decide what you want. You want this brown sugar or you want the white sugar? What do you want? Because I'm not finna be walking around here with my coochie hurting all day and you sleeping with everybody. No. No. I think that's a good plan. I mean, so, I can't really relate, but I... I know you can't, but I mean... But I like I like the planning behind it. I like the I logic. Mean, do, do, do guys get sore penises? Like, if you're doing too much, like, if the coochie too tight or something, like, does your penis ever get sore? Uh, I, mine was iron plated during the eighties. So you didn't have no soreness. Plated with iron. Like too much. Too it was much. like, it was like the SS Merrimack in the civil war. It was like the. So wait, too, too much sex didn't like make you sore. Yeah. I you mean, do, 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 I just wonder, do, I wonder, do guys ever, cause like I just rough sex or just too much sex. It makes me sore. And I wonder if that's a problem for me, but I talk to other women. Every woman experiences this, but I wonder, do guys get sore penises? It, look, everything hurts. I know everything hurts. And as you get, and listen, as you get older, everything hurts, not just your dick. It's like your, your, your knee, you want to put a pillow this under your knees my, now. This was my twenties, bro. This was my twenties. Huh? And it was just too big. And it tilted. It tilted my uterus. I go to the, th the doctor. She's like, your uterus is tilted, honey. I was like, I thought so. Because it hurts all that goddamn time. So now I have to work on getting alignment of my uterus and stuff because his thing was too big and it was tilted. I think that might be the, be the best um, sort of sex talk. You're tilting my uterus. I think that's <laughs> would really work. You're knocking my uterus out of alignment with all that dick you got. I got to go to a uterus chiropractor. For real. Hold the thought. We'll be right back. How did you get into surf? Well, you mentioned Gidget. How do you even know Gidget? What Gidget is? First How of all, I was born in 1979. Okay. And I was born to a mother who was very nostalgic and my grandmother mm. too very nostalgic and, and like they would buy lots of vhs tapes of all their favorite shows everything that they loved and we didn't have cable and right. when you when we had um regular tv the tv was always fuzzy you know it's always cloudy because the signal's not good and we have really bad antennas so you plug the vcr up and you watch all the videotapes that your mother and grandmother have purchased so I'm watching Red Skeleton. I'm watching Jesus. Charlie Chaplin. I'm watching Gidget. I'm watching My Three Sons. I'm watching, you know, no way. Leave It to Beaver, the 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 Brady Bunch. We're watching all these shows. And I'm like, where are the black TV shows? <laughs> right? Nah, so, exactly. So Nothing then, there. So then my mom got, I think it was Claudine uh, and um, 
she got some like good time stuff. Like, cause we were, cause we kept asking like, where are the people that look like us? And that's, and this is the part that was so crazy is I was watching all this stuff. And I used to think that all white people lived in TV or like in Hollywood, right? They all lived in mm-hmm. Hollywood, even though I lived in South yep. Central LA and that's not far from Hollywood, but we didn't go on the other side of Wilshire often. So, and anytime right. I saw somebody white, I thought they were like from chips. Like I saw the police all the time. I thought they were from chips. We had a few white teachers at my school. I thought they worked for PBS. You know what I'm saying? This, you, the, by the, this is the great, you should, I want to do a TV show idea with you where it is the, it's real life. But when the white people leave wherever you were, a certain area, they go and live in a TV set. That's what I thought. I thought that till I was like, until we moved to Pomona. When we moved to Pomona, I was like eight, seven. When we moved to Pomona and it was so many white kids, but Hispanic kids too. So I was cool with the Hispanic kids and there was only like four black kids. And I was trying to be friends with the black kids, but they were telling me, get away because you're too black. They told me I was too black. Mm. And then I had this one white friend, Amber. She was the only one that was nice to me. Only that was, that was cool. Her dad was totally a redneck, totally didn't want me in the house. And then one day she said, daddy, I wanted to be my friend. And so she's going to be my friend. And he was like, all right, whatever you want, but y'all got to play outside. Like, so we can only play outside. I couldn't come in the house, but I played, she had a dollhouse, like a big old dollhouse that you can walk into in the backyard, like a playhouse, yeah. I guess. So we played in there. We played with our dolls and stuff. And I remember my stepdad's sister-in-law came to visit us and she was, she was definitely white and she was married to my black uncle, step uncle. And she brought me a black Barbie doll, and I was furious. I was no. furious with her. What? I, I was. I think I'm gonna post a picture because I just came across a picture of it. Um, my sister gave me the picture. She was like, "Do you remember this day?" I said, "Oh my god, yeah." I was crying. I threw the doll on the ground. I thought she was trying to make fun of me and try to be mean to me because she asked uh. me before she came, "What did you want? What do you want?" I said, "I want a Malibu Barbie. I really want a Malibu Barbie." And she came. That's not a Malibu a, Barbie. Nope. She had nope. a black That's Malibu, Malibu Barbie. Barbie. And I was like, I don't want this. What is this? I was so ungrateful, so disrespectful. <laughs> I threw it on the ground. I told her, why would you do that? I asked for a Malibu Barbie. Like I was something I got I got the worst whooping of my life because yep. my mom was like, You can't be doing that to you can't be disrespecting, blah, 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 blah. This lady brought you a gift. I was like, I don't want it. It's ugly. She's trying to say I'm ugly. And then there was this whole conversation about how, you know, um, that everyone's beautiful. And just because you're brown doesn't mean you're ugly. I was like, yeah, but the brown Barbie's never on the commercial. She's never mm. on TV. It's always the white one, the beautiful one. Like, that's the one I wanted. So. It, no, but it's true. But in, particularly in those days, they were there's there's no people of color in any of those shows so much so that I, like I grew up in a in Dayton in a place called Oakwood it's very lily mm-hmm. lily 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 white and then I moved into the inner city um and then all of a sudden I was surrounded with all kinds of people with color and the only time I'd ever seen any people of color was on Sesame Street so I thought the people of color only <laughs> live <laughs> on Sesame Street like with fucking big bird and shit I was like I had the, uh, it's so, funny. so you thought the white people lived in TV. I thought the people of color lived in TV. I'm telling you, this is a television show where people live inside their televisions. Right. Right. Cause I'm telling you, and I'm so jealous of kids today because they have access to so much information. They like, we had encyclopedias, bro. And we have to just believe what that said. And you had to be smart enough to read the encyclopedia. I couldn't yeah. even freaking read. Everything was visual for me. Everything was, you know, audio, visual, like whatever happens on TV, what you tell me, that's what I know. Like I was at a and point we talk- where we, we talked about this before. I'm sorry to interrupt you because it, it's really fascinating though. When you, your lack of ability to, to read early on, you feel was, had nothing to do with education, lack of education, role models, any of that cultural, you know, socioeconomic stuff. It was purely based that you have some that you like my son had a, a visual processing disorder or something. Right. Like that, right? And I believed and I was told that I was stupid. Like, yeah. what, like it's your words are so important when you talk to children because their children are like usually way more intelligent than you are. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it, but still naive and, and ignorant in so many ways. So 
Once I learned what stupid means, stupid means you are not capable. You are not smart enough or intelligent enough to accomplish something, right? So right. when I'm learning how to read in, in Pomona, in, you know, six, seven years old, I, I could spell three-letter words. Easy. If I saw something, McDonald's, boom, I know what that is. Like, the, by the shape of the word, I know what it is. But tell me to write it. Tell me to write out a word that has more than three letters. Can't do it. Tell me to write if. Can't do it. I spell it E-F because that's what makes sense to me, right? So my mm -hmm. stepdad would tell me I'm stupid. My mom would tell me I'm stupid. Grandma would say, everybody, the teachers, everybody, the students, everybody would tell me I'm stupid. And so I believed that I was not capable of learning because when I heard stupid, it was mostly when it came to reading stuff. So I yeah. believed I was dumb. I believed yeah. it. Stupid. I'm not capable. And then I had a drama teacher who noticed that I couldn't read. And at this point, I'm like 14. You know, she realized I couldn't read. And she made me come to her class every day and read to her. And then I was able to read. And then I lost my, I feel like it slowly diminished my ability of memory. But I'm working on it. Because uh, I had a superpower. <laughs> like anything someone said, I could memorize it. I would like manipulate people into reading to reading things for me or to me. And I would memorize it and I could like make it work. But I knew all my alphabets. I know letters. I know the shapes of them and stuff. It just was hard for me to put that shit together when it was in a sentence or a paragraph. I have it. I have it with numbers. I, I was I'm, I'm horrible, horrible with with numbers. And I and honestly, even at this stage of my life, I have to remind myself that like, no, no, you're not you're not incapable of quote unquote business and all of, of those things. You like, you just numbers don't work for you the way letters didn't work for you. My, my question is how do, what, what do we do to identify kids like you and me like, and go and, and, and help, help them because you I can tell you one thing, you're like, you're, you're one of the least stupid people I've ever had on the show. I, I could talk to you for a thousand hours about not just because of your personality and your hilarious and stuff, but your your knowledge is really, really interesting to me. Well, I got, I got super thirsty for knowledge once I learned how to read and comprehend. And I think the way to identify those kids is really just to pay attention to children. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like people don't pay attention to them. They just look at them, but they don't really pay attention or communicate with them. And especially now that we got these cell phones and kids can kind of like just dig for information themselves. They don't even have to ask you why. They can ask Google why. And then they're getting information that may not even be correct. They don't even know how to use discernment yet, you know? So they're, they can be misinformed and miseducated and just being able to, we should talk to our kids more. Like my drama teacher, she would talk to me every day. She would ask me questions about, well, what did you eat for dinner last night? How are you doing? What's going on with you? You know, she would communicate with me to the point where she could tell when I was uncomfortable with something. She could tell that like every time it was time for us to read a paragraph or do a scene and I didn't have, if I didn't have that scene beforehand to get somebody to read it to me so I could know it, like it would, I would become so uncomfortable, my body language, everything, I would get an attitude, I would be like, I gotta go to the bathroom, like, as soon as I see it's, like, coming up to me, and I would, like, get the fuck out of there and take, the and if I had the sides already or whatever, I would find somebody while I'm on my way to the bathroom, I would go to the dean's office, and, like, I would talk the dean into reading shit to me, like, I was super mastermind manipulator, but I thought I was stupid, right, not till I turned 18, and I was working at the airlines, and this girl was like, Hey, Tiffany, you so stupid. I was like, call me stupid again and see what happens. I'm going to beat your ass at this damn ticket count. Call me stupid again. She was like, I was just saying you was funny. And then it hit me like, oh, all these years, people been trying to tell me I'm funny. <laughs> but this how <laughs> black people, this how black people tell each other they funny is you stupid. Like, all these years, all these years I've been blocking myself thinking I'm not smart enough to learn these things but i'm a genius <laughs> yeah uh, yeah you 100 percent. i'm just realizing that at 40 that i'm a genius because of all the things that like when you sit back and look at all the things i've done like even the world doesn't know about some of the things i've done and i'm like the, the way that i was able to pull that off the hey, greatest hoax ever that's <laughs> like i'm a hoaxer i don't know I mean, have you ever ever gotten in a, in a situation where you had to be on some award show or somewhere and, and read a teleprompter? And yes. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And I just start making shit up. Amazing. Just make it up. 
Yeah. Or or I just stumble. I stumble through the words and I go, hey, guys, I'm at the L.A. Unified School District. I can't read that great. I just tell the truth. Just tell the oh, truth. Yeah. L- L.A. Unified School District is is uh, <laughs> is not uh, it's not an ac- a, fa- a factory of academia. I can no, tell you. No, that's for sure. I mean, they just what a teach you how to be an employee and how to kind of pass through. It's like, yeah. oh, 100 percent. Pass by. Don't be excellent. That's what I think the problem with one hundred percent American education. When I was at um, S- Santa Monica High School, SAMO, or as you like to call it, the Mexican High School. Um, <laughs> that's they, what it was when I was growing up. I'm yes. sorry, but that's what it was yeah. when I was growing up. No, the, the, I had. See, my problem was I had the audacity to get really good grades and have a job. And I, when I went to them and said, "Look, I have the ability to go do a movie." Um, with Francis Ford Coppola, I'm in my senior year. I've already been accepted to college. Um, they were like, well, then you're not graduating. And I never did graduate from Santa Monica High School. Never did. That because I wasn't, they just want to move you in, move you out. You know, it's either you you get to college and God bless you, or you go work at 7-Eleven and then that's it. And you fit a mold and move on. Of course, now they, you know, I'm in their hall of fame and they want me to, you know, do a bunch of shit for them, but they never, um, I never graduated, never graduated. I have no high school education. I, t- I had to take the GED to have it because they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. Isn't that crazy? That is so messed up. And that just, it, it reiterates my point about like, it's about creating employees and the bodies. They need the bodies there. Right. And they mm-hmm. get a check for every single student that's there and, and for how many days you show up. And if you're not physically at that school, but you're still a student and you've accomplished all these things that they won't give you your high school diploma because you're not physically there because they don't get that check. Mm, that that makes sense. Right I've never known two. that. They get that a check sense. for every, every single student that's there. So it's like it's, it's they don't care if you're learning. It's not about if you're educated. It's about do you show up on time or is your body here, which teaches you how to be a fucked up employee. And that's why America, I think, is in a, the situation it's in, because we don't really value education. Like they say they value education, but really they value your body being there. Now, if it was, look, everyone has to have this type of, uh, uh, of uh, IQ in order to graduate. Right. And in order yeah. for this school to get paid, everyone has to be uh, and they have to be visionaries. If they demand that every single person has a vision, which creates entrepreneurship. Right. Yep. And because that's what America is supposed to be about, the American dream, being able to create any kind of job, any kind of thing that you want. Right. So yep. if they demanded that you come up with a a, a vision for a, a business and if they demanded that you have a certain IQ level in order to graduate, then you would have smarter Americans and you would have better employees and you, we would have stronger industry here. And we probably wouldn't treat each other so shitty. Where did you get, well, I don't understand, where did you get all your, your drive and work ethic from? Watching my grandmother work. And my grandma always saying, like, nobody's going to put food on your table um, without you having to compromise your body. Mm. You know. Um, it's funny, my, just, my, grandmother, my grandmother didn't tell me that. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, had, well, a, my, I had a different my, experience. My grandma's a little different. I mean, she <laughs> had five kids, four baby daddies. She yeah, had to figure yeah. it out. She had to figure yeah. it out, right? And her whole thing was like, earn your own money. Don't depend on no man to put anything in your bank account or anything. Like, you can want that, but just know you're going to be opening your legs. You're going to be giving up. A p- Every time you have sex, that's a piece of your soul giving up. Your vagina is like a house. You don't want everybody in your house. You don't want to tear it down. You want to have value because men, once they put that, when you get married, a man is buying your home. He's buying your house. He's putting, he takes your name off. He puts his name on. Now you're his property. And just because you're his property doesn't mean he's going to take good care of you. Doesn't mean he's going to provide for you. Doesn't mean he's going to be good to your children. Doesn't mean anything. You don't know. You have to be strong enough to provide. Doesn't mean he's going to live. It. You could be at a disadvantage at any time. Right. So be prepared. And she kicked my ass out the house. Homeless <laughs> Made me really strong. She's still alive. I spend thousands and thousands of dollars every month. She has Alzheimer's now and dementia or is it dementia? Alzheimer's. They're the same thing to me. Both of them are the same to me. And she's deteriorating slowly but surely. She's not walking. When she sees me though, she lights up. She hears my voice. She lights up. You know, I know she loves me. Um, 
And she always tells me I'm a pretty girl. But she just recently seen me with my haircut. And she's like, you're the most pretty man girl, boy <laughs> girl. Like, she didn't know what I was. Uh, my, so. uh, my, my, uh, my dad's mother had, had the same thing. And my dad tells a story about going to visit her and having the most wonderful lunch and they laughed and they cried and they just bonded in ways. He said he hadn't spoken to his mom like that in years and years. And as he got up to leave, she said, I just need to tell you, you're such a wonderful person. And you remind me so much of my son, but he's so much younger than you are. (laughs) How about them apples? Right. Uh, Heavy and crazy, right? Yeah, but my grandmother thinks that my brother is her first boyfriend. And she keeps asking him, when are we going back to the river? The river. And she keeps winking at him. When are we going back to the river? Oh, don't you just want to know? Come on, tell me about that river. Yeah, and I'm like, what happened at the river, Grandma? Yeah, None of your business. Who's Grandma? And then she keeps... (laughs) And she keeps grabbing my brother's butt. And he's like, this is getting inappropriate. He's like screaming at her. It's too good. Stop. I'm trying to change your diaper. (laughs) 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 And she keeps flirting with him. Every time a man comes around, she flirts with the men now. And I'm like, oh, that's where I get it from. And we'll be right back after this. You're a big movie star now. Have you learned any any acting tricks to upstage people yet? No, I don't know. How want, to, would you like to know some? Would you like me to teach you some? Fuck yeah! I've only been working on acting tricks to memorize lines because I've lost my ability to memorize things because I can read now. Well, you got to learn. Listen, this is a dog eat dog world. You think it's tough in the streets of L.A. You're now in the streets of Rodeo Drive, and okay, you you got to get it. You come on, you got you got. It's I'm about a dog to do a dog. movie with Nicolas Cage in three weeks. Oh, so oh what? Motherfucker. Tell Wait. me what I can do. You're fucked. You're going up against <laughs> the master of scene stealing. Really? I hope, and I'm I'm dead serious here. I hope you are availing yourself to the amazing oeuvre of Mister <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Teach me. My man, because I knew him when his name was Nick Coppola. And, <laughs> and he, yeah, he, because he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Really? And he changed, yeah, and he changed his name to Nicolas Cage because, he, you know, he wanted to make it on his own and all that stuff. And so I've known Nick a long time. And, and. He, was he in that crew? With, just, was he in that crew with you guys getting fucked up and shit? He was in the crew with Johnny Depp, Carrie El- Elways, and Charlie Sheen. And they all have matching stingray they're called the stingrays and they had a ma- matching tattoos of a stingray in a bathtub don't ask me why <laughs> by the way i wasn't invited i was not in the stingrays um the stingrays have just dis- i think the stingrays disbanded around 1989 <laughs> but yes absolutely and um and if you actually look at interviews of Ke- wait a minute you were in the princess bride it's all coming full circle this is fantastic so you were in the princess bride uh mm-hmm. A Zoom benefit this right. week. You played Buttercup. Uh-huh. Carrie Elways of Stingray Nicolas Cage fame uh-huh. was the original um what what was the the, the original prince? Yes, he was the prince. So yes. he's yeah, so he's in the Stingrays with Nick Cage. And oh, and when you work fun. with Nick Cage, you must ask him. I'm about gonna his, ask him about the Stingrays. Stingrays tattoo and watch him because he's a master of of scene stealing. He's he just he. He's the best whoever ever was. But here's the thing. Here's the one thing I'm going to give you. So when they're, when they're like, let's say you're doing a driving scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the cam, there's a camera on each window, right? Cause they're shooting your profiles mm-hmm. called a raking two shot. Like my face is, is in, in on, on this level. And just slightly forward will be the other, the driver. He'll be slightly mm-hmm. forward, but they'll be in the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it's, when it's, when they're talking, Get something out the glove compartment. You, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because guess what they have to do then? Look at me. They have to cut to your side. They have to cut to the other side. And it's you. Um, and 
there's all kinds of people who do that, that kind of great stuff. But um, I think it would be great if you tried to pull every one of those trickaroons on, on Nick Cage. Okay. It'd be I would, tr- I would, you know, I, I probably do that naturally anyways. Cause you're like, just a, you just, you just know how to do that stuff. Well, I don't know how to do that stuff, but just like, I think in a way of like, Oh, this person's talking. How would I respond to that? What do you do when like, I'm the best, I'm the worst, best listener. Like I'm listening mm. to you, but at the same time, I'm going to be moving. If you like, you just said like you, you, the profile shot, I turn my head, like trying to give you the profile. Like, you know, yes. I'm like, if you tell me like, yeah, you got to, yeah, I, I was telling you how do you got to use both hands. And you're like, what if I do it with one hand? And I'm like, I'm showing you, like, I'm showing you both hands. Like I can't help, but in a conversation to physically respond to what you're saying. And I just can't be still. Um, but that's also how I learn. Like you should see me at a lecture when somebody's giving a lecture and I'm like, I'm digging it. I'm leaning forward. Then I'm like, leaning back. Then I do something like this. Like when they say something that blows my mind, I'm like, <laughs> like they're going to see me. <laughs> well, do, do the directors ever say, Hey, Tiffany. So that take was good. A little active, maybe just a little bit less. Just, just, just a little, maybe just Always. sit and listen. Did they ever give you that? Always just be still. Just be still. Just use your eyes. I'll be like, okay. And so then I'm just using my eyes. I'm like, boing, 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 boing. You're like, like those Bugs Bunny eyes. Being, but being still <laughs> is, is actually the single hardest thing to do as an actor. The, the worst thing in the world. Thing. It's the most boring, hardest thing. I need an action. When we start a scene, I'll like, even if there's like, there's, you supposed to like, when we did Madam C.J. Walker, Right. There's hairbrushes and hot combs everywhere. And the scene will start. And they're like, okay, just just stand there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Brush your hair <laughs> slowly. <laughs> I can't just be still. It's like almost impossible. I think about uh, when I was in junior high and the lady from um, that played the maid on the Brady Bunch. She oh, Alice to, B. Davis. Alice yes, B. Davis. Alice of, yes. B. Davis came to One of the earliest school. closeted lesbian characters in television history, I'm convinced. Yes. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. For, for sure. sure. Come on. She came to our, our junior high school and she talked to us and she told us how she was a mannequin in the window for years. For 20 years, she was a live mannequin and that she couldn't blink. And I was like, mm. that's impossible. You can That's it. I only black girl in the class, okay? Yelling at this white woman. That's impossible. You have to blink unless you're not human. And then I lean over to the black boy that's in class. I told you these white people's aliens. Reptilians. <laughs> 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 because I, I was yeah. trying to get him to fall in love with me. That's the only reason I even got in drama. Because I thought if he's black in drama and I'm black in drama, they're going to make us kiss. It's going to be great. Mm. And he's going to love me. Never worked out that way, though. But she showed mm. us how that she did it. She was just like posing. And her hand, like my hand still moves and stuff. Like my heartbeat, everything. She's like, you have to control your heartbeat. You have to focus on one thing and just breathe very Who shallow. knew? And B. Davis. I didn't know she had the depth. She I love was that. a model, a window mannequin model. How does the, wait, how does the, the star of the Brady Bunch end up at your drama? That's pretty impressive. Because I would have been like loving that. I was going to Hell Middle School in Woodland Hills, and my teacher, her name was Miss Young, and she used to, I guess, she said, okay, I don't know for sure, but she said she used to be a part of, like, these acting groups or whatever, and they used to do, like, community plays. I actually think she was a part of a lesbian group. Hence... The Ann B. Davis. Exactly. Hence. Hence. And she was always so open-minded. I used to be like, where is the segregation and the racism when you need it? Put me and Adi in a scene together and let us kick. But she always wanted yeah. to do interracial relationships. Kind of shit. Oh, she shit. screwed you over. She yes. stood in the way of your master plan. Yes. This bitch. Ah. The only thing worse than systematic racism is when the, it comes and goes and it fucks you out of when you thought you figured out a way to game the system. Yeah, I'm God like, here it. I go. I figured out how to use the systematic racism. Me and I yes. were going to kiss. He's going to fall in love with me. I'll be pregnant by 10th grade. And no. This bitch never. 
interracial relationships. Now he's dating white girls and Spanish girls. Fuck. Do you ever Can see I? people from, from that era of your life? Do you ever yeah. run into like that guy or anything and be like, mm-hmm, how do you like me now? Yes. Oh my God. Look, I used to send Adi candy grams from the time we were in eighth grade or yeah, eighth grade all the way till we were seniors in high school. I sent some candy every other week, every holiday, mm-hmm. you know, the oh, little candy grams with the notes on it. And I would tell him that, you know, I really like you a lot. I would love you if you would spend more time with me. And like, he would let me copy his homework and like, well, you know, we would crack jokes. I, my favorite thing was to hear his laugh. He had the best laugh in the whole wide world. Mm. I wrote about him in my book. And then he, he he went off to play for the Redskins. Is that still their name? I don't know. They're the Washington Football Club now. Oh, the well, he went to play for the Washington Football Club. Uh, yep. But back then it was the Redskins. And yep. and he became like a great like real estate guy, just commercial real estate. He has like five kids. And I knew, I knew he was going to be a great husband, a great guy. I knew it when we were kids. I knew it. I mm. knew it. And I was trying to lock him in, right? Could not lock him in. Could not make it. Like, he even lost his virginity to a girl named Tiffany. I was so mad. I was so I mad because I'm like, I'm the Tiffany you're supposed to be with. And cut to... When we were 21, he saw me, he's like, wow, Tiffany, you've really blossomed. You look amazing. I was like, yeah, and I got a boyfriend now, right? And then just recently, like two years ago, I do a show at the um, at the Nokia. I sell out the shows, over 7,000 seats, sell out the show, packed. And it was like a high school reunion. Everybody that I went to school with came. And he came, and he was backstage with his wife. And his wife is the first one to talk to me. She was like, I love you. I love everything you said in the book. And yes, you are right. His teeth rotted out. Those aren't even his teeth anymore. You ruined his teeth. And I was like, yes. (laughs) And then he's like, Tiffany, and he looked exactly the same, except his teeth were bigger and whiter. And he looked, he's so beautiful. And I still was like, my heart still like kind of melted a little bit. Like, ah. And then he's like, man, I'm just so proud of you, Tiffany. Like everything you said you were going to do when we were kids, you did it. And I was like, yep, except for you. But it's okay. I've moved on to bigger and better things. And like he gave me the best hug. It's the best. Like he used to always give me the best hugs when we were kids. That's why I loved him so much. Because I was going through a lot. I was going through a lot. And so and he would give me a hug every time he saw me. So I thought that meant he was in love with me and that I should be in love with him and that we would have the most beautiful babies. But oh, well. What a good story! I love, I I love that. And yeah. you knew he was there in the audience, right? Did you did you I, know he was coming? I did not. I knew. No somebody way. Told me, somebody told me he might come. Like, and they've been telling me that for years. Oh, Adi's in town. He's gonna come. Like, and he never showed up. So they were saying he might be there. He might be there. And I'm like, oh man, if he's there, that would be like crazy. And uh, I kept checking with my staff to see if he like checked in. Did he get his tickets? Because I'm I put his tickets to the side, like special tickets for him. And they're like, no, no, no. And then when we get backstage, I get backstage where everybody is. There, there he is. But his wife is the one who gives me the big, like, greets me first to let me know, like, bitch, this is still my man. That's what I think she was yeah, trying to do. Exactly, so, exactly. But I was a tripping. I don't want him no more. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want him no more. Look, I'm doing bigger, better things. But uh, he really helped my heart, though. He helped my heart. When, when, um, when before COVID and we all st- used to do meet and greets, I'm assuming you did those, right? Right. Yeah. A lot of people those. come and say hi. Say, uh, what's the craziest thing anyone's ever said to you? Because I've had crazy stuff said to me in the meet and greets. Crazy. A lot of crazy things. Okay, so one person asked if they could have somebody asked if they could have my underwear that I w- was wearing right then. There you um, go. Bingo. I said no. Because um, I'm not wearing any, and they're like, oh, they're like, dead. <laughs> Another person told me that they were going to name their child after me. That they're, mm. there's like, whether it's a boy or a girl, we're naming them Tiffany Haddish. And I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and then, you know, what's crazy is just recently I went to open up a bank account at a black owned bank, and there was already a Tiffany Haddish there that's two years old. Oh, that's amazing. So somebody did name their child Tiffany Haddish. That's, I see, I love like, like I don't know how I, to feel about that. I think it's great. Are you kidding? It's great. I feel like they try to steal my identity. No. I it's wouldn't a, mind if a, the first homage. name was had. No, nah, they didn't even have no other last name though. That's so, okay. That's a little odd. There was no, there was just Tiffany Haddish. That's the name of it. Two years old. Hmm. Like you couldn't give them young, like 
I feel like you're setting this up to steal my identity. Ooh, well, that at the same bank, I'm deep. First of all, what's a two-year-old doing having a bank account? Let's discuss that. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm a little slower on the uptake. It took me a minute to to process that factoid. Two-year-olds don't need bank accounts with your name in it. No, but you know what you can do? No matter how old you, you can buy a house as soon as you're born. You can? Yeah. I didn't know that. You can buy a house as soon as you're born. Hmm. Hmm. I, you're doing a lot of deep digging in your, on, on, on all of this, and I, I think it's good. I'm telling you, you can buy a house, like your parents can buy a house, and they go ahead, as soon as you're born, they, like they have a trust for you or money for you, and that is what puts down the down payment. You can get it as soon as you got a social security number, and they show that you have a trust or money behind you, you can get a loan, right? Yep. This is how parents get phone bills in your kids' names and shit. You feel me? That's, oh, that builds, you. Up your, builds up your credit. Boom, they buy a house, they put the house in your name. You're only two. And you you're ahead it? of the world. You're, you're ahead of the game already. You're, 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 ahead, of the, you're ahead of the curve. Um, what else I want to ask you? One of the, what? So tell me, tell me this. You, I could talk last to you time for we talked, you had, you had, no, we could talk for hours. You had just bought, speaking of buying things, you just bought in your old neighborhood where you grew up as a girl. Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. You told me that all the black people had left. They did. They're all gone. It's like Hispanic <laughs> and white people now. I'm like, where are the black people? And you told me they, where did you say that they went to? You some really obscure. Palmdale, Lancaster, right. San Bernardino. Right. <laughs> they ain't like, where, where are the black people at? They, <laughs> they moved to Section 8. See, what happened was, like, okay, so things start getting, like, more expensive. And a lot of the land is owned by white people, right? And the black people are renting. And, uh. People started being like the grandkids uh, or the or the children of the people that owned it. You know, they're like, well, we could continue to rent or we could just move back into our place. It would save us so much money. Right. So they right. take the Section 8 off of it. They redo the house a little bit and they move back in. They move in to their childhood home or their grandparents home or whatever. And so then that displaces the people that were renting there. Oh. And they're only renting because they don't understand how banking works to get a loan and buy. Right. Or they're not able to get a loan because they don't make enough money or they're not or they never even tried because they just assume I'm black and they're not going to give me money. Interesting. I mean, that that so, would make perfect sense. So, like, I have a friend whose grandmother is, you know, she's what? Oldest, I don't know how old she is to be honest, but she's black, so I don't, I don't really know how old she is. I just know she looks exactly the same from when we was like eighteen, and it's been twenty years almost. So she looks sexy. So, anyways, um, she's lived in the same house, does not own that house. She's been in that house for over forty years, and has been renting that house all these years. When her grandmother passes away, there's no, there's nothing for her to inherit except all the stuff that's in there. Right. And her grandmother to her, her grandmother goes, well, uh, that way you guys won't have anything to fight over. Just the stuff inside. But it's definitely a strategy. You got to tell them about the bank where the two-year-old Tiffany Haddish is. Who's already getting, ready to take getting your money. established. Who's already getting established. You need to that have her investigated. Grown. I think when we're done with this podcast, the, the first order of business for you is get figuring out this two-year-old Tiffany Haddish. You know I what's funny is I already am on top of it. Yeah, that's my girl. Who is this two-year-old Tiffany Haddish? Who is their mother? Why do they think they can do this? Like, is this a real person? All of that. All over it. I want I want you to write. I mean, you, you've already written a book, I know. But I want you just to do, you know, like those. I'm good friends with Maria Shriver. And she always writes yes. these like little pithy, tiny. You, buy, you find them by the checkout thing. They're little like Christmassy. And it's just. Like words of wisdom. I just, I just, I just need one or two sentences. I don't even need a whole book, but words of wisdom, Tiffany Addish, why you should surf, why you should get a loan, why you should. I want that book really badly. Not kidding. I'm sure you thought of it. That book. Yes. I want to do the how to, how to book by Tiffany Haddish. Yes. How to celebrate Father's Day when you don't know your dad. Yeah. (laughs) Like. Some deep how-tos and some some not so deep how-tos. How to apply for a loan. The, no, this is insane. You're, and I was you're, thinking you're of making a, and I'm 
thinking making an audio book, right? And I pitched it to Audible and they're like, no, nah, how about you just do a book about going to Africa and all the Hollywood shit that's gone down over the last three oh, years? God. Oh, God. And I'm like, how about I do a how-to book and end the course of me telling you how I did this or how I think this should be done? Maybe some Hollywood shit comes out. Maybe not. But my exactly. experience does. It's always so gross to me what 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 people want do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's like, oh God, really? It's like, could it be any more? Were you up all night trying to figure out that's what you wanted from me? Really? Really? Like, I was hanging out with Sharon Stone. This is one of my favorite stories to tell. I asked Sharon mm. if it's cool for me to tell. She's like, yes, tell, tell, tell. So like, Sharon and I, we do this movie with Billy Crystal, right? She she stayed, tells them to put her, her in the same hotel I'm staying in. So she's hit, hitting the bell guy up every day saying, Tell Tiffany how she call me. Tell her to call, giving me notes, right? And I call the room, nobody answers. So then I'm just like, whatever. And then she gives him my, her cell phone number, says, tell her to call myself. So now I call her cell, nobody answers, or whatever. So I leave a message. I leave a message, right? So she calls me at 11 o'clock at night. And she's like, honey, I'm sorry I missed you. This is like three days gone by. Honey, I'm sorry, Mr. Kyle, I went out to this event. Where are you doing? Where are we smoking weed? Your room or mine? Mind you, I never met her before. Okay. Amazing. Never met her before. Where are we smoking weed? My room or yours? I'm like, your. what floor are you on? She's like, I'm on the penthouse level. I said, we smoking in your room. Shit, because I'm yeah. on the eighth floor. So I go to her room. I go to her room. And she's like, so she just, you know, she like just washed off her makeup, put on her little comfy clothes. I got on my little comfy stuff. And she's like, do you want some tea? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd love some tea. And she pulls out this little weed. We smoking the weed and stuff. Her weed, pretty good. The weed I brought, better. And so we smoking, we talking, we laughing, right? We sitting on the couch and stuff, laughing, talking. And she's just telling me how much we have in common, like how she's like read up on me and she was just amazed how much we have in common. And I'm looking at her like, really? <laughs> really, white lady? We got a lot in common. Really, Miss Ben Rich, your whole life? Really? Like, you been in foster care? Really? No. She's like, no, my mother has mental illness. Like you say, your mother does. And I was struggling with that relationship, just like you were talking about how you were struggling with it. And then the more she was talking, the more I'm like, this is going to be me when I get old, except Mm -hmm. not white. Like, this is going to be me. Like, we are two peas in a pod. Like, oh, my God. I'm like falling in love with her. And the more she's talking, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there for it. Oh, my gosh. I'm digging in. I'm like listening to every single word. Like, this is crazy. Like, passing the weed back to her and stuff. And And then... She's like, you and me, we have to go. You know, Jane Fonda is a good friend of mine. I'm like, I love Jane. That's my homegirl, too. I love talking to her. And we was, you know, smoking pins and all. She's so cool. And she's like, yeah, you know, she's protesting. We're protesting. I said, you guys are protesting. I didn't hear about no protest. She said, yeah, we're going in front of the White House every Friday and we're getting arrested. I said, oh, that don't sound like a protest. That's not like something. <laughs> she said, no, we get arrested every Friday. And then, you know, we're out by Saturday. But we're protesting global warming. I'm like, how can you protest global warming? Like, you can't control that, but you can control people, like people stuff. I think you should protest people stuff. She's like, well, Tiffany, we think you should come out and protest with us. It would be really great. It get it get a lot of attention. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get arrested for standing yeah. outside the White House. I don't want, I don't want to get arrested. Like, I don't, I just don't want to do that. That's not something you like volunteer to go do. Is yeah, let me go get arrested. And she's like. Tiffany, but you'll be out by by Saturday. I'm like, you guys are old white women that can afford really great lawyers. And I can afford a great lawyer too. But I feel like as a black woman, they would try to make an example of me. And I oh, you know, so like, you're like, hey, hey, you guys are flying on private jets everywhere. I get on that list for being arrested at the White House and I'm asked, I'm wanded down and fingers up my orifices every goddamn time I try to fly to Des Moines. Every the next time. Hundred and, years. I'm like, and I'm like, my last name is Hadish. Already that's the issue. Okay. Mm. Then you want me to get arrested. I'm a black woman. They're going to keep me in it. They're going to let y'all out on Saturday. They're not going to let my black ass out. Until probably two weeks later, because they're going to match my fingerprints up with some bullshit, because I ain't innocent. I've been involved in some situations. Did, okay? did it ever occur to you that maybe Sharon Stone was in on the whole thing? That mm. maybe 
Sharon Stone was setting you up from mm. the drop. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? I want to I say yes to that, but I can see her spirit. I don't think so. I think she's actually... Mm. I think she's actually a good person. I think she actually cares more about the environment than she does about people. And she's a little delusional. But would like, she sacrifice you? Yes. For the environment. Yes. That. That's what I do believe. And I was telling her, I was like, look, the environment is important. We all live in it. But if we treated each other a little better, maybe the earth would do better. Maybe we would. Do, maybe if we did it, like if we did this, this, and this, like if we could, you know, Maybe not enslave so many people in jails or sex slavery or, you know, maybe if we could do a little something like create more jobs that's like more hands on instead of factory type jobs, you know, more like doing something. Maybe if we just help the homeless so they're not shitting in the streets so it's not running. Like maybe if we did little stuff like that, maybe that's something I would protest. Maybe systemic, the systemic racism, if we could, I would protest against that. But the environment, the ozone layer, I'm... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there for it. I'm not there for it. I'm just not. Tiffany Haddish, not down with the ozone headline. I think so. Yeah. First of all, yeah, it is a headline. That's going to be what's on the Google thing. Tiffany Haddish, not down to protest against the ozone. You know why? Because I cannot control that. I have no control. Well, ask yourself, ask yourself, what did the ozone ever do to you? Nothing but protect me. Nothing but That's, protect me. So why am I going to protest it? The ozone is nothing but protect me from UV rays. Why am I protesting this? It's from the girl who they used to say was not smart, the ozone and UV rays. <laughs> I'm telling you, take that third grade teacher. Put that up your ass. Yeah, Miss Stanford. Throwing down with knowledge. Take that, Miss Stanford, mad at me because I can't spell teach, but I can spell beach. <laughs> She used to get so mad at me about that. <laughs> it's like it's one letter difference. Unbelievable. Okay, I love you, girl. This is you. You. I, I I. think we need to now, like when we first talked, now we need to pretend that we want to talk again. So you and I can talk about every four or five weeks because I'm cool with that. Look, I want to. I'm here for it. I'm here for and, it. And, and you, I, please, as you as you go forth into all your endeavors Please refer to me as the blue-eyed Mexican Roblo. Please. <laughs> Please. It's so good. I, I'm sorry, but that's what I thought, man. And I, you know, that's because it's the of best. Tom Bridges. And that's because of Tom Bridges. So thank you. Well, that that makes it just even more delicious. <laughs> but I'll leave you with this. One of my first girlfriends was uh was uh, his co-star in different strokes. Oh, young really? Miss Dana Plato. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But a gentleman never kisses and tells. Well, you just did. Um, Ms. <laughs> you are the, you're the best. I love you. Um, I and love you, man. Thank this you. Is, this has just been one of my favorite talks. And um, go take care of that uh, two-year-old imposter, please. I'm worried for you. Yeah, I will. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's Yom Kippur now. So I'm really hungry and I'm thirsty, but I have to wait till the sun goes down before I can uh, partake in any nourishment from my body. But this was excellent nourishment for my soul. Yes. Thank you for this spiritual meal. Um, I, I pray that you receive nothing but joy and happiness for the rest of the new year. And I want to apologize to you if I ever offended you or hurt you in any kind of way, shape or form. That's never my intention. My intention is to learn and to express myself as best as possible in the, in the process of learning. So that I can learn, and 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 vice versa. I I would, I would like you to just be my mouthpiece. If I ever have to comment on anything publicly, I'm just going to go. Tiffany Haddish is fucking more articulate and smarter than I am. I'm ever do it. You're, you, <laughs> I will. I'll be, I'll be your ghetto translator. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Bye. Love you too. Bye. <laughs> okay, so she's truly impressive, right? I mean, she gives no fucks, which I love. I'm still contemplating the big dicked surfer. Maybe I'm not contemplating that. But she painted a pretty vivid picture of that. Um, And she's so smart. I mean, the thing that I'm always struck with is like that there could be a world where somebody is telling somebody like that, that they're dumb. It's unbelievable to me. 
It's just unbelievable. We got a long way to go to figure some stuff out because that woman, I want my intellectual foxhole any day of the week. Anyway, I hope you had as much fun as I did. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Stitcher.